Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From the Bud Light Studios, Bud Light, easy to Sunday. MHD1 Brewfield Denver Boulder. An unorthodox way. The Nuggets win. To stay at the top of the table in the in-season tournament. Home of the reigning NBA champions. This is Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Denver, Colorado. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. It's Kreckman and Lindahl. 13 seconds left. Powell. George Caldwell Pope is on him. Paul George, this could tie it. Oh, Reggie! Oh. Of all times to get it! <laughs> Another wedgie. Uh-huh. Hang on, I'll get my forceps. Oh, hurry. Paul George takes a tough three. Oh, it's stuck in the crotch of the rim. Whoa. At the worst time to get a wedgie. Oh, oh this will be a jump, a jump ball. ball. It is a jump ball. By any two on the floor currently. Well, this is not the worst thing for the Clippers. It's good to have Zubac, who was on the floor here, a jump ball. Because that was not going to be good. Can he get it to Norman Powell? Still a lot of time left. And in a scramble situation, you never know. You never know. Here it is. Here we go. Jokic had it. Knocked off to Jackson. Heaves the ball. Zubac tried to get it. Claimed by Caldwell. Pope, it's over. Denver has survived and won. Oh, gee. Here's Nate Kreckman and Andy Lindahl. Yeah, our buddy KH, he got fired up about the wedgie last night. Listen. Okay, Sean Denver Payton. has tried. I know, I got it. <laughs> you both got that. I was a look guy for look. a while, but now it's listen. Listen. Um, Denver Sports has tried to kill Kevin Harlan two nights in a row because he did the Westwood one call of yes. the Buffalo uh, Buffalo Denver game. He had to fly all the way to Denver. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he beat the Broncos back, who stayed till the morning and then had flight delays. Yeah, he had to red eye that sucker into Denver to do a little Nuggets clips action last night. The wedgie goes down last night, which that it was a fortuitous outcome for the Nuggets because it pushed it out, pushes the ball out to mid court. 
on the wedgie. Like they don't do the jump ball down on that end of the floor. It goes to midcourt and then, you know, Jokic controls the tap and he beats Zubots and then Reggie Jackson throws that thing up in the air, which quite frankly was kind of a risky play, but none sure, the, yeah. nonetheless, it worked out and the Nuggets get the victory last night. 111 to 108. Yes, Paul George trying to tie up that game and he wedged it between the rim and the backboard. The Nuggets get the victory in what I called on Twitter, Andy, a Group West B instant classic. I noticed your tweet. Yes. It made mm-hmm. it into my feed. Instant classic last night. I, in between nine angles of Draymond trying to choke out Rudy <laughs> Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, known as Cat, you know, like your mom who can't control you anymore because you're too big. Yeah. This... That looked like me and my brothers wrestling back in the day, right? And your mom's just saying, just now, now let's settle down. Let's just knock it off. <laughs> really, Kat? We're not going to get a little more effort to try to get a guy not to choke out your dude? It's right now. The, you either don't like him or you're soft. Which one do you want? The relationship that Rudy Gobert has with his teammates are like, okay, we'll try and pull you off him, but we'll let you choke him for like an extra four seconds nobody before we was do it. Like, nobody was urgently trying to get over there. It was just, it yeah. was the classic, just the, uh, hey, 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 hey. You know, Okay, get off him. You want to know who was trying to stop it the most? Steve Kerr. Right. Steve Kerr's like, no, I need you. Steve Kerr's trying to, you know what? Steve Kerr went Van Gundy on Al- Alonzo Morning's leg, just trying to get Draymond's arm. Did you see the quote from Rudy after the game, too? And look, I don't want to be on Rudy's side on anything here, sure. okay? No, I hear you. It's Rudy Gobert. But we don't want to see a guy get choked out on TV unless you paid for an MMA fight. And all of his teammates hate him, and, and they have for a really long time. But Rudy did have a money quote after the game where he was just like, yeah, I noticed this happens with him. Whenever Steph's not playing, he just gets himself kicked out of the game right away. <laughs> Draymond's just not in the mood to have to work that hard for uh, for an entire evening, which I don't think he's wrong about that. So now, hold on. So I, I got to be honest with you. All I saw was the actual choking incident itself. Mm. ESPN just threw up the fracas that preceded it. Yeah. So this is McDaniels that started it? He started it. That's the guy it. that tried to get some spicy things right. going with Jamal, right? Yeah, he, he started it with Clay, and then it devolved into Draymond putting Rudy Gobert in a weird joke hole last night. Clay's jersey's getting ripped off. Yeah, Jaden McDaniels, who normally only punches walls, uh, he decided he actually wanted to get after it last night, and Golden State ended up playing that game without any other dudes. Hell... You have to suspend somebody for a long time for a choking incident. Wait, dude, do you not? Hey, Latrell Spear, Sprewell with PJ Carlissimo. Yeah. A and choking that was incident. Like the same team deal. You're right? trying to do like real damage. Yeah. With cho- There's nothing cute about choking. No, and he was not letting. he that. I don't think the WWE. Spring will have to help me. I don't think we get wrestling with that real at chokeholds. I mean, Draymond was not letting go. Adam. Had him in there. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think Rudy was like, okay, okay, right. okay. Okay. Oh, well. It was wild. It was wild. That Nuggets game last night. See, what I think is crazy is that mm. occurred, like, it's November. That's oh. a, we're sick of it, dog days of the season, January, late January kind of thing. You see this look I'm giving you? Yeah. 
That's in season tournament juice, my friend. Oh, okay, All that's right. when you Catch. when you have when you have the intensity. <laughs> listen, listen, TNT of the NBA Cup on the line. I'm gonna start calling you TNT when, when you, you have, do this. When you have the colored court, yeah, yeah, the multicolored court, sure, out there, the intensity ramps up. Okay, when when there when there's five hundred thousand dollars on the line. All right, these guys they're playing for keeps. And that's what happens. That's in-season tournament juice for you. Jalen Pickett might be playing for keeps. <laughs> he sure is. That's a lot of money there. <laughs> he sure is. All right. Last night was an interesting viewing, right? Because a lot of the problems popped up. I felt like Reggie Miller and our guy Kevin Harlan had some of the same discussions we've had on this talk show about this is going to be interesting and here's the reasons why. Yeah. And yet, I, I got to tip my cap to our buddy Scott Hastings. He had said there are a number of Hall of Famers on that team, and if they all figure it out, it could be, it could be interesting. And last night, it like again, I think they're going to be a team where, and I thought the Nuggets had them put away at a point, and they let them. They had the old classic, let's let them back in deal, right in the third quarter. Yeah, they well they did that and then they they had a chance to to put it away at the end of the game and they, you know, they played with their food. Reggie missed a couple of free throws. Jokic had a turnover. Nicola's done this a couple of times. There there's something else at play here. But but continue your point before I delve my, in. My my point being that you want the Clippers. This is kind of like the point about don't be down or yeah, if you're down when Jokic comes back in, you're not going right. to come back and win. But with the Clippers, I would say don't let this be a, a couple possession game at the end because they got enough shooters where that's that's big fire you're playing with. They do. And I, I thought this about the Clippers last night as I watched that game. I was like, I think they're good. Sure, now, yeah. They're, they're not going to beat the Nuggets, okay? The, the Nuggets are a great team, okay? The Nuggets don't have to play well to win. That, that's what they are now, all right? They're, they're that friggin' good. They just they don't even have to play all that well to win. And Last night was proof. Very much so. And they, they The shots weren't there for a lot of guys. There was a lot of slop that was yeah. going on in that game last night. That, and, and yet, because of what they are, they won that game. And you can still see the Clipsers trying to kind of figure this out. They went, they rode Paul George last night. That, that was the way that they tried to win that game. They went away from Kawhi, although give Aaron Gordon all the credit in the world. That Aaron Gordon is so freaking good. And he he just he he locked up Kawhi for most of that night. He just wasn't letting him get by him. Kawhi didn't want to settle for jump shots. So it became a Paul George night. James Harden still, and you saw it last night, and he's aging. That dude just gives the Nuggets problems. Yeah, he can get he's like the tin man in Wizard of Oz. You get the joints. Yeah. Lubed, he yeah. can still drain a pretty three. He can still do it. Now, he had, and the, he had that sly old man. He looked a little Andre Miller-like going in and giving you the body and going, like, jumping back out, getting it. the layup oh, up. Oh, he still that. got it, man. The, this dude has been a Nuggets killer for so long. But also, you saw that possession where, you know, Jokic picks him up on a switch, and Harden just blows by him. Missed the layup. Missed the layup. That's old J- I say the James Harden of old, because now he's old James Harden, but the James Harden of old doesn't miss that shot. Classic James Harden. Right. The the James Harden, classic James Harden actually slows, gets contact, and finishes, and shoots a free throw. 
Last night, he just flat out missed a layup. That's that's evidence of sort of what he is at this stage of his basketball life. But that that team is figuring things out. They're really friggin' good. They'll win a playoff series. They might, you know, they, they could be a matchup in the second round. They're not winning anything big. They don't have enough big dudes. Now, it's a problem they get for them. Mason Plumley back, maybe it changes a little bit, but the TNT deck guys are going off about how they need some more big dudes. They do. And Zubots didn't have a great game last night. PJ Tucker did the thing where he gives Nicola problems by fouling him over and over and over again and never getting a whistle because when smaller guys defend Nicola, they just hack the hell out of him. It's what everybody did to Shaq forever. They just You can put smaller bodies on him, and you constantly hack the dude. You're not going to get whistles. You can play him with physicality. You slap the wrists, all those things. P.J. Tucker does that really well. He does that as well as anybody in the NBA. And yet the Nuggets still figured it out. By the end of that game, they just they kept running that Jokic off of that double screen and either getting him on switches or isoing him, him in the post, and... They, they killed the Clippers with it. And it ended with that Reggie layup, which was good to see. Yes, yes. Um, I'm loving Reggie Jackson right now. That's good. Yeah. I I, I feel like let's be careful how many minutes he gets. Yeah. I would like to see either Pickett or Gillespie be able to give enough minutes where he's more in that 25-minute range. It's not... Let's not creep towards 30. Yeah, it's the... Keep him fresh. It's the world we're living in without Jamal Murray. No, I'm, I'm with you. And... But I'm just saying... A part of the Jamal thing right now is our realization, and I think we've seen this for a few games now. You need him. (laughs) Yes. You're not special without him. You're good. Yeah. You're not special. And and when you win, it's not always going to look awesome. No, no, I don't need. Look, I got enough. I got the Broncos causing enough ulcers. I don't need. I don't need the Nuggets to join in. But look, we'll take it. I'm going to start a new segment if you don't mind, called Taylor's Takes. Taylor's Takes. Taylor is my daughter. Okay. She's got this newfound love for the friends that she calls the Denver Nuggets. She's a Nuggets fan. She calls them the friends. Welcome to the bandwagon. So we're watching last night. This is kind of akin to what Abby would give you. We don't need any imaging or anything for that. Taylor's Takes. Taylor's take last night was, how can James Harden have such a gross beard and play for a team called the Clippers? She found irony in that. It's not bad. And I had to just doff my, I had to go, you know what? Very well. Very well played. She was so grossed out by the beard. I tell you, she loves basketball. She's not far from her old man where she is going to pick up. Like, you hate how I hear things in the background that you don't want me to zero in on. She... Every time he went to the free throw line, she had to let us know how disgusting she thought the beard was and that he needs to shave it. She's not a ZZ Top fan. She's not a, yeah, I was like, I could show you some <laughs> bad beards. Honey, that looks like that was freshly quaffed. I bet you James Harden's beard actually smells okay. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> hey, you remember Charlie Blackman from the summer, Taylor? Could that be thing a, has got little rodents in it. Could be a hell of a lot worse. It's the Kraken and Lindahl Show. Keep it here. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Kreckman and Lindahl. 
Craigman and Lindell Show. We hope you're having a lovely Wednesday afternoon. Much to do on this radio program today, celebrating yet another Denver Nuggets in-season tournament victory last night. 111-108, the final over the Clips. We'll get back to that game coming up here in just a moment. Uh, plus, at 520 today, head coach of the fifth-ranked team in the country, J.R. Payne. Head women's basketball coach, University of Colorado. She will join the program. They just beat up on Oklahoma State the other day after they blew out the number one team in the country, LSU, last week in Las Vegas. They are 3-0. and The Buffs, uh, they're rolling, man. They are rolling. Final four threat. Men's team's not doing so bad either, so that, you know, basketball season, college basketball College basketball is here. It's upon us. Is this state better at college basketball than college football? At the moment, yes. Nico's team is good again. Sure. Isaiah Stevens is back for his 19th season in Fort Collins. (laughs) (laughs) COVID rules. Dude has been in college forever, uh, and he's back again this year, so that's good to see. Yeah, the Rammies are good. Um, yeah, we've got we got some things cooking in college buckets here on the front range. So yeah, J.R. Payne's gonna be with us, friend of the program. She'll be with us at 20 minutes after five o'clock here on the show. Um, yeah. I want to talk about this Bronco defense here for a moment. Let's talk some Bronco D. Got some factoids to present to you. I want to start with this guy, Patrick Sertan. Pretty good. Pretty, Pretty good player. Good. Not bad. Not bad. Kind of a good player. According to the Denver Post, Stefan Diggs in one-on-one coverage against Sertan, a catch for 11 yards on one target. This season, listen to this. I'm going to give you this, this menu of wide receivers. DJ Moore, Garrett Wilson, Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams. Pretty good, right? Sounds like the Pro Bowl roster yeah. for selective sides pretty good couple afc guys in there for sure pretty well i guess yeah buffalo's in the afc too what do you know good this season according to pff and the denver post patrick sertan has allowed a combined 10 catches for 127 yards on 20 targets to that group right there Diggs, moore wilson hill adams that's it's cream of the crop wide receivers right there. That's <laughs> that's a lot of very well compensated players right there from Patrick Sertan. One of the note on Sertan. He has played 1,533 consecutive snaps. According to Next Gen, that is the longest active streak by a defender in the NFL. 1,533 does not come off the field. Does not miss a snap, Patrick Sertan. Which is why the Broncos were smart to rebuff the calls from the Niners and the Eagles at the trade deadline. Rebuff, yes. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. All right, I got more on the secondary. PFF, Jaquan McMillan, or as Joe Buck would say, McMillian. In coverage since week eight, 11 targets, five receptions allowed, 61 yards one interception, 25.2 passer rating allowed. One of the reasons why this defense doesn't look like it did the first month of the season. Yeah, he working as the nickel. There's no doubt. 
Kwan getting hurt was bad for the Broncos. Really good player, but they got another one in Jaquan, Jaquan McMillan, a dude who had a wonderful camp for whatever reason, was overlooked by the coaching staff at the start of the season, eventually played his way onto the field, or other dudes failed to give him an opportunity, and he's taken advantage of it. Jaquan McMillan's a stud. Yeah, Demari Mathis comes to mind, yep. although he wasn't the nickel. No. Finally, the Denver Broncos defense has allowed a touchdown on just six out of 42 drives since week six, 14%. That is the fourth best mark in the NFL in that stretch. Six touchdowns on 42 drives since week six. So here's this defense that at the start of the year was historically bad. You're not going to forget 70. Since that time, and we've talked about the changes in personnel, guys have come back from injury. They've gotten... Justin Simmons was out. Now he is back. Josie Jewell is out. Now he is back. Baron Browning is back from his injury. That certainly has helped things. They have had other guys get, like we talked about just there, replaced, particularly in the secondary and the importance that that has all had. But this is a defense that coming into the year, we looked at it and said, okay, that's the strength of this team. It's on the defensive side of the ball, particularly in the secondary. And when you when you look at the evidence that has come now, over the over the course of this win streak and really over the last you know month or so of football they're actually playing to it and the broncos are in turn playing toward that strength they're taking care of the football they're running the ball they're getting good defense and they're winning games and and this this is the recipe that we talked about it coming into the year it was stunning how far off track they got but and this is where Sean Payton and the staff deserve credit. They actually found their way onto the straight and narrow, and they're playing the kind of football they can actually win with. Yeah, and you know, on so on Twitch, we get a reaction from uh, Blizzard. I'm going to shorten it up. Um, Blizzard of Oz. No, I, 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 you know how it is. I don't know what the other letters stand for, but I respect the handle. Anyway, <laughs> Blizzard says this is not because of Vance Joseph. So I would remind Blizzard and others, because Blizzard's not the only one to express that thought. Uh, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, I think even Zach Allen at one point had said, the problem is not the scheme. When we were in, look, me included, me included, was saying, let's get rid of this guy. I don't understand what's going on. This is how it looked the last time. And they were insistent. It's not the scheme. We're not doing what we're supposed to do. And you and I did point that out, that when they gave up the first big touchdown to Tyree Kill, who was it at the time? It wasn't Turner Yell. Who was the other guy that went and now is a member of the Chargers, the corner they cut? That was playing beginning of the year. Bassing? Bassy. He's saying Bassy. Yeah. I think you're right. Anyway, they're out there. They're doing things they're not supposed to. He runs up. I think it was Bassy ran up to get that, that little crossing route that Sertan had covered, and he left that quarters, much like Sertan did the other night, and left Justin Simmons out there, and they gave up a bad pass play. And Kareem was was adamant that we've got to stick to what we're being to our assignments. It goes back to do your job. Don't do everyone's job. Do your job. So... They have gotten back to this. You and I have laid out a couple reasons for it. I, I want to do this, Nate. I, I hadn't planned this, but as you know, we just kind of drive around. You know what? Maybe I see an orange Gatorade in the cooler. We're touring. Let's grab, a cool, let's grab an orange Gatorade. Broncos country, here's what I'm here's what I'm curious about, because Eric seems to ride in opposed to, ah, we got a losing record with him at cornerback. Cool. So you wanted Sertan traded. Really quickly, um... Can Broncos Nation and Bronco Land participate in this? Poll Broncos as well? County too. Okay, all of them. 
Broncos. Bronco land. Broncos, Broncos cul-de-sac. Yeah. If we'd like. What do you like about this team? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. You can't trade everybody. Yeah. Look, Eric, I understand where you're coming from, but you've got to keep something to start as the core. For me, that's Sertan. Sertan's the one guy I wouldn't have listened. I'd have listened for Simmons, even though I, Justin Simmons we're seeing is a very key part of this thing. But I'm not, to me, I wasn't picking up the phone on Sertan. You've got to have a great player to start with somewhere, and that's what he is. Hold on, though. I This text, yet the Broncos have a losing record with him at corner. Cool. I, I'm assuming he's talking about Sertan. Yeah, because we had brought up that the Broncos didn't want to hear from the Eagles or Niners. Who There was a story out there that both wanted to try to make trade offers, so the other didn't get him. So is the texter suggesting causation that Patrick Sertan is why the Broncos are losing games? I, I think that's... Somebody help me with this. I think he's trying to just say... I don't understand. I, I think he's just trying to say... what is He wanted him to make a trade because we were losing, period, no matter who you are. Okay. I think that's... I don't think he's blaming Sertan directly, Some, but... Somebody explain that to me because th- there's great players on every losing team in the NFL. Right. You, it is not the, the It is not on Patrick Sertan... To, to make this team win games. Right. He can do his job, which he does at a level that is as elite as anybody at the position in the game today, quite frankly, that I've ever seen in a Broncos uniform before, but also a corner on the outside of a defense only can have so much impact. Right. Now, when you have other talent around them defensively and I would say that the Broncos have found their way to it in recent weeks then you see that magnified and when you see suddenly that it's Fabian Moreau instead of Damari Mathis it's Jaquan McMillan instead of Isang Bassey it's PJ Locke who got banged up in that game but PJ Locke who's had a huge impact on this team since he's got out there and is a very tough and physical player you, you see how good the secondary has been, and it's made the rest of the defense better. But the, these things all have to work in concert with one another outside of, like, quarterback. And I think even then we give an outsized amount of either blame or praise for whether a team wins or loses. You can't impact it on your own. You have to have good teams and good schemes around you. Yeah, you, you do. And, again, like you said, it's, it's a dependent position. Receiver's a dependent position. Corner's a dependent position. You can only look so good as, again, with the corner, it's got to be a pass rush. How long did we watch Champ Bailey? And maybe that's where Eric's coming from. You and I watched Champ Bailey toil in plenty of defenses where they never had to throw his way. Right. And frankly, Sudan's dealt with the same because there was never any pass rush to make a hurried decision by a quarterback. They knew where I was staying away from, and I wasn't going over there, and your rush is not forcing me into that decision because I can wait for another guy to come over. So that's going to happen to corners sometimes. It's a Bronco defense that in recent years has consistently, and it continues to be the case, the more talented side of the ball for this organization. Yes. It's been this way for close to a decade, basically. Since, Since 2014, I would say, this team's strength has always been on the defensive side of the ball. It's just really hard to win that way. Points do have to eventually be consistently scored and complimentary football has to be played. And and this is, this is again, when you look at this little three game win streak and maybe it's just a blip, 
but it could portend bigger things to come down the road. And to me, what I'm watching right now is a team that is complementing what it does well. Um, all right. So again, Eric comes back and just says, Vance, it's not Vance, just Vance Joseph. It's the teams they played. They played like crap. Am I the only one watching the games? Eric, and again, Eric, I'm talking to Eric because he's the one writing right now. But Nate, you and I see this kind of feedback all the time. I'm not saying that Vance Joseph needs to be coordinator of the year, right? Uh, I don't even have that award, I guess. But we have to give credit that Vance Joseph if you're is the coordinating these guys in the right position so dudes can make plays. We do have that award. If you're coordinator of the year, you get a head coaching job. There you go. Uh, <laughs> you get a substantial bump in pay, and then you get fired three so, years later. So what's the award for Nathaniel Hackett? Aaron Rodgers' best buddy of the year? That's what he is gets. Is that how he keeps getting the? That's anyway, what he gets. I digress. Keeps you employed. I'm just, But this is why I'm asking the Bronco fans out there. You don't like Russ. Look, I'm not sure I like Sean Payton. Pretty sure I feel about, but he's winning, so whatever. They don't like the defensive coordinator. Some don't like Judy. Some do like Judy. Some don't like the fact that you traded. Like, what the hell do you like about this team? That the it's funny to me because when you watch the national media, and look, guys, I'm a little I'm I'm a little guilty of this too, Nate. I watch the national media and they're wanting to say good morning football of all people. Kyle Brandt, who does not like him any Russell Wilson, sits on that show's panel. And they're on there going, hey, the Broncos might be sneaking into play. They're going to be in the lurking category if they get another win. Yeah. This could be a playoff team. Have yeah. they figured it out? Yada, yada, yada. And yet I feel like nobody in this town feels that way. I feel like the actual outsiders like this team more than anybody in this town does. And for, for a while it was, like last year, I got it. Everything sucked. I don't like Hackett. Russ is playing like poo. The defense is... Fine, but it's not, again, the defense isn't making the big play that just, like, stole you the game the way Baltimore's defense or Cleveland's defense does sometimes. Yeah. And this year, this year, we actually have little stats to point the arrow up on some things, and this, I feel like this town still hates this team to some uh, some effect. I was going to use the word jilted. Okay, the jilted, yeah. I've been burned. 347 says Broncos have battered fan syndrome. I, probably the best way to describe it. I think that I think there is a lot to that, okay? Last year was an unmitigated disaster. And it was on the heels of six consecutive losing seasons. Or I think it was what was it? Five losing but six not making the playoffs and then last year um you know only extended that streak and then you come into this season, Sean Payton takes things over wasn't his hump, though. Not. That's just it. It wasn't our hump. <laughs> Every time you look up, the guy can't stop talking about the Saints. I know. I know. Every time you look up. It irritates you and I. It irritates. Look, Bronco fans, I'll, I'll, I'll give you mine. I'm not sure I like this guy yet. I don't care that you've won a couple. I, I'm What you just said right there, Nate, I want to hear some we and some are. I don't want to hear about your teams in New Orleans and this eight-game team you've got in Denver so far or whatever it is. Now, I think he had a really good night against the Bills. He did. He I thought coached he, his best game. He had a very good coaching night, and I thought he came into that game with a very well-prepared team. Even if everything that they did didn't necessarily go to plan to – they stuck to it. Yep. And 
I, I know that sometimes that can drive fans nuts as you watch a game and you're like, what, why aren't there more massive adjustments taking place? Because the, the bulk of football coaching takes place between Monday and Saturday, or I guess in the okay, Tuesday and Sunday leading into a Monday night game. But that, that's when most coaching takes place. That's when many voices are collaborating on building a game plan, putting things together, finding tendencies in your opponents and saying, this is the way we need to come out and play this game. And it doesn't always work right away. And a big part of the reason why it doesn't work for the Broncos Broncos always necessarily right away is they're not that good. Yeah, but very little margin there. If you do trust your game plan and stick to it and coach your way through it and your team plays generally clean, mistake free ish football because you can't play completely mistake free football, you're going to give your chance yourself a chance to win this game in the end. And that's what the Broncos had. Sure, Buffalo scored a go-ahead touchdown. There was a minute 55 left on the clock for the Broncos to go down the field and take the lead. And they were able to execute that, and they were able to do that. So, yeah, like, Sean Payton doesn't didn't feel like a Bronco guy yet. He's still, you know, he's, he's a carpetbagger. He's new, okay? He's a mercenary. But that's also, that's what pro football is. That's what pro sports is. And right now, what, what you're watching in the very least is a very good football mind finding, not a rut, but a groove with this <laughs> roster. No, I agree. And I think the biggest thing you said there for me is he did stick with it. He stuck with the run and he, he doesn't want, he's like every modern NFL offensive coordinator, play caller. He wants to call the pass. He wants to give you the 50-yard bomb highlight that you want as bad. But the way this Bronco team played, and we've been talking about it since the start of camp, with the personnel that we saw, they got to stick to the run. He finally did that. I just keep him coming, 303-504-925. It's been interesting to see these responses. I'm just telling you, Nate, it's just no matter what you and I talk about, more than even a couple years, the last couple years, like anything you say is on the uptick. People seem to fervently disagree with that. And it, again, a number of topics is how this goes. So I just kind of chuckle because I want to know what is it we actually like about that. Because you keep watching them. That game was the most watched in however long for ESPN the other night. But God, people hate this team. It's a three-game win streak. I know. And nobody's happy. Enjoy it. Doesn't happen very often. Not recently. They're finding a they way. They beat the Chiefs and the Bills. And look, I'll even, I'm, I'm talking to myself here, folks. I was not as happy as I should have been. Go listen to the podcast that put up for me in Hastings. I had a little of the Eeyore syndrome going on because I didn't think they, it just felt gross at the end of that because Buffalo sucks so bad. But at the end of the day, you have beat the Bills and the Chiefs and nobody thought that was going to happen beginning of the year. It's Nate Crackman. It's Andy Lindahl. And we're trying to have a little bit of a good mood about the Broncos. Just let us, okay? Keep it here. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I love our texters. Text Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 on the Shomp Mazda text line. 303-504-0925. Shomp Mazda. One price, one person, one hour.
Yeah, it's KNL. It is a lovely Wednesday afternoon. It's wild. It's the the Monday night football <laughs> clock has got me thrown, man. I'm like you. I walked out. My neighbors have their trash cans out, and I'm like, it's not Wednesday. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it, it is, is. though. <laughs> it is though. What are we doing? Yes. So I'm with you. It's it's. They play on Sunday. I guess they technically play on Sunday night, but they play on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. We got a lot of a lot of good texts coming in here on on the show about I this like Broncos team. I like when a team. surprise topic pops up. It's not bad. Yes, it's it's not bad at all. Andy asked the question last segment. Hey, you, the Bronco fan, the guy guy and gal who goes to the game yeah. and spends your money. You got a crooked sticker on the back of your car. <laughs> What? You can't wait for the D to come back, can you? I <laughs> so at least can't. So at least it will. You would hope everyone would get it right. Listen, that statement's more true than ever. Definitely. But Andy asked the question, what do you like about this team? Yeah, what, what are the fans, what are you vibing on? Vibing on. What are you feeling? Right? Yes. What has you, what has you inspired to don the Broncos-themed clothing? Vibing on. You like vibing. Were we vibing about something else yesterday too? We're using cheeks now. We're getting into all this new. We're trying this Gen Z lingo. Listen, I've got I've got teenage kids. I like and it. And then man. after mine and past, yours will be, and we'll be all right. That's we'll be right. hip until that happens. We got the riz, man. That's that's how it goes. Okay. <laughs> so we, we asked this question. I, I like some of the answers. First off, from Connor, grit. Says miners is a dog. I like miners. I really do think I, he's getting developed by Zach Streif. I think he's a good player. He is. I don't even think he's just a gritty player. I think he's a good player. No, I'm with you. He's a he's, he's everything they kind of promised but couldn't seem to coach out of him when he got here. He's got Pro Bowl. I would agree. Kind of potential. I think he's that good. He's a, he's at 340 pounds, but he's mobile, strong as hell. He's nasty. I think he knows how to play to his strength. Yeah. No, he's a really good offensive lineman. That... The interior of the O-line, and I know Cushenberry got caught for like a 1,000 penalties the other night. The interior of the O-line had a really good night the other night. They and, and that's not a bad defensive line up front for Buffalo, but largely, like, Russ had room to be able to step up in the pocket, and the rush wasn't just sitting on his lap for him to turtle. He was able to step up, and the tackles, you know, the game plan was – Push them beyond, and Russ took advantage and of Russ, it. Russ, get out of there if you have to. Yeah. By the way, Brian says this show is mid. I think that text is cheeks. Mid. <laughs> Steve says, I like the white helmets. Well, hey, look, it's a start. Yes. There's a lot of you. People in this town either love or hate a, a new uniform. No one's ever, eh. They either love it or they hate it. Although the helmet is just the helmet. I'm I'm really curious what the rest of that looks like when we get it, I assume, next year. Sean says huge Bob and Moyer fan. Is he still on the team? No, that's now who's our guy? Mitchell Fraboni. Fraboni, that's right. Yes. He's got a great name. Fraboni. Fraboni. Sounds like an insult to somebody. You Fraboni. Yes. Tristan says. One thing I like the most, effort. Guys are flying around making plays. They're competing. It's noticeably different compared to when they were losing. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I don't know if Sean's changed up a little. This team looked beaten, beaten and no confidence after the Miami game. When you're one in five, it's really easy to start making business decisions. 
And and I think that there were probably dudes in the room that were making business decisions. Sure. And, Two of them are gone. And the staff saw it and said, we got to make some adjustments here. We're going to make a business decision. Randy Gregory, we're trading you. And there's Frank also, Clark, go find a new home. There is something to young players getting an opportunity and trying to get themselves a bigger check in that league. Yeah, it's, you know... It's one of the reasons why it can be fun to have interns around. They bring in energy. They're just excited to be here because none of this sucks yet, right? Yeah. Well, that's what Frank Clark and Randy Gregory, I thought, were bringing to that locker room. And now you got Benito and Cooper and guys and even Baron Browning to a point that are actually like, you know what? We're psyched to play. We're psyched to play. We're psyched to be in the rotation. And we're going to go out there and go 1,000 miles an hour. Sanders got a little of that, Drew Sanders. TD says, like some of the young defensive players stepping up, the mentality that brought their predecessors into the situation in the first place is part of the problem. I don't totally disagree with that point. Like, there's, this is a part of the, the rebuild that has to happen with a bad team. And some of that is quite simply, like, you have to churn out the personnel and find what works for a new staff. And this team made massive changes. Between, between the draft class... What they, you know, what they kept from from the rookie free agents, you know, McLaughlin top of the list right there in terms of productivity on this team, and they spent more money in free agency than anybody else for Sean Payton to bring in his guys. But like that, that doesn't happen overnight. That's a few year process for this team. They have a first round pick next year. It's going to take a few draft classes to be able to get back to a place where they they can build this thing into kind of what they want it to look like, but. This has always been a transition year. In the very least, there is evidence at the moment that there is buy-in and there has been emergence of young players that we can look at and say, okay, this guy's good. So how about I throw this out at you? If you were to make a list, who is – because you bring up a good point. They switched out some personnel. Regardless of how this thing finishes up, they're going to be switching out more personnel, right? There's another chunk, probably large chunk, minimum a third, if not a little more, of the roster that's going to get flipped this year, right? Some of that's just natural attrition of the NFL. But we also know Peyton doesn't have all his dudes. Frankly, VJ probably doesn't have all his dudes. Who are the guys? Are are we at least starting to see some guys? Like, again, Sertan's out there. Aren't you starting to see Miners was mentioned? At least I could see some guys that I think, all right, there is a core here to start working with. Because let's be honest, in September, I was like, God, is anybody going to be on this team after this? This is right, horrible. Right. But at least now you can say McGlinchey doesn't look like quite the bad signing. Now, is it ever going to be worth the money like Russ? No, it's not. Mm-hmm. You overpaid for both guys. But if they can play to where they are helping you win games and not the reason why you're losing them, that'll help. Powers. Haven't talked too much about powers. They had, you know, look, O lineman are not practice today, by the way. Now that is great to hear, but well, he wouldn't have. Actually, they didn't practice. That was one of those like yeah, bye yeah, week the, things where he they listed have. him as a DNP right. foot. Um, DJ Jones is still a, he's back to being the DJ Jones of last year, where he just looks like a bad man at times. Open right? field tackle the other night. Now, as much as I love me some Josie Jewell. Again, I, I think next year it's either Josie or Alex. I don't think it's both. I believe Josie. Man, they Josie's both, a free agent at I the end of the I think he's Alex, too. Did Alex only sign a one-year deal? he's on a two. So. Drew Sanders will be a starter on Sanders this team Sanders needs year. to get plugged in there. Yeah. McMillan. Look, McMillan may be the guy that allows you to move on from Kwan Williams, which would suck, but. His contract's up anyway, isn't I it? I think it is, but uh, I would hope he could get back. 
Yeah, I mean, you could use plenty of good corners back there. Um, P.J. Locke probably is showing that good if he player. can stay healthy, he's the guy that bumps Kareem out of there finally. Now, if Locke can't play, Kareem's got to go back in because – Delarin Turner yell, uh, that was a rough go once he got in there the other night. You'd but, like a world where Riley Moss becomes a starting corner on this yeah, team? Yeah, man, I'd like to see, I'd like to get a glimpse of the kid. Marvin Mims looks to me like a dude for the future. He's a I don't, I don't, and I know a lot of people, a couple other shows have played the audio of Mims saying he won't throw to me. I'm, I'm not bothered by that. Whatever. Uh, I don't think Russ has enough time to pick more than one or two guys, and I think he's just continuing to go to the guys he's familiar with. That's it. There's it's not going to be Judy. there's not going to be a lot of plays where Marvin Mims is the first read and Russell Wilson is not necessarily known as the go through his progressions yeah. guy. He's got two dudes in mind, it seems. Yeah, that that that's just how it's that one goes. Of the reasons why P Ryan doesn't get looked at. I, it, it's funny too because I saw that quote. Like I read into it that he's got an attitude or something like that. Receivers want the ball. Yeah, they all want the ball all the time. Receivers want the ball. Listen, throw them the ball. <laughs> I am not going to get mad at any receiver frustrated in this offense. I'm frustrated at times with it too. I right now, the the fact that this thing is back to four and five, what what's good about all of this is this thing was a disaster. And right now, back at four and five, having beaten Mahomes and Allen in the last two weeks, you can look at the Broncos and you can say, Oh, all right, you're you're playing to what you are. And any coach's job is to get its team to play above the talent level present. They just beat two teams that are more talented than they are over the last two weeks. Maybe could even make a case for Green Bay, other than their quarterback is weird. But this team has won these games over the last couple of weeks. That's what a coaching staff has to do. That's, that's the measure of a good coach. And that's what the Broncos are playing their way up to right now. It's the Craigman and Lindahl show. We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about Nikola Jokic and a fair way, or at least to try and find a way to measure how Jokic is playing at the moment. We'll talk about that next.